Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hi, this is Steve. So, back in July, John and I were going to record a cinephile on Rob Reiner's 1989 romantic comedy, When Harry Met Sally. We had both watched the movie, read articles, checked out behind-the-scenes videos, commentary tracks, and put our thoughts together for the podcast. In fact, John was already in his car on the way to my house to record the episode when I started having second thoughts. You see, When Harry Met Sally is all about men and women, how they think, what they want, how they view relationships, and the problems that happen when men and women get together. Now, we both love the movie, but suddenly it just felt wrong to have two guys talk about it for an hour. So we canceled our recording and once again reached out to the talented and funny Victoria Garcia Kelleher to get her perspective. It ends up When Harry Met Sally is one of her all-time favorites. So... Coming up this Friday, the three of us dig deep into what might be the greatest romantic comedy ever made. It's available for rent on iTunes and has a pretty good, albeit a bit repetitive, Blu-ray. And in case you're interested in what else we have in store, here's a little preview of what's coming up in September on The Cinephiles. You have offended my family. And you have offended a Shaolin temple. You know that rule, Mr. Payne. And I loved you for it just as my father did. And you know that you fight for the lost causes harder than for any others. Yes, you even die for them. Like a man we both know, Mr. Payne. those sound familiar so that's when harry met sally this week and a lot of great movies lined up for september we'll see you then hello and welcome once again to the cinephiles where each week we enter the world of a great film and explore its ideas its history the filmmakers and the influence it has on us today uh, my name is Steve Morris. I'm a filmmaker and directing teacher in Los Angeles, California. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back. My name is John Roca. I'm a actor, voiceover artist, and host of shows all around town L.A. And we're lucky once again to have as our special guest, Victoria Garcia Keller. Vicky, welcome back to the Cinephiles. Thank you for having me. So much fun last time. It was so much fun. And uh, today, as soon as I mentioned this film to Vicky, she... I won't say that she actually jumped onto my head and said I must do this film, but it was pretty. I was close pretty. To that. I was. Yeah, it was pretty, it's one of my favorite. I can pretty much verbatim every line. I wow. know every line. I wow. love it so much. Yeah, I think we could have an alternate cinephiles where you and I just try see how much of the movie we could actually oh, do. Amazing. Uh, the movie is 1988's When Harry Met Sally, the archetype I think of the mm -hmm. modern romantic comedy. Yeah. Uh, it's starring 
Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, Carrie Fisher, and the amazing but late, sadly late, Bruno Kirby, mm. directed by Rob Reiner and written by the also sadly late. Uh, late is a weird. Place. Yeah, you're no, using late. Everybody's dying. Yeah. Yeah. Passed away. Dead. No, dead. Oh my dead. lord. Croaked. Dead. Moved the, on. These transitioned. Yeah. Shuffled <laughs> off the mortal coil. Tra- transitioned to wherever it is we go after yeah. this. The name I still haven't said her name. Nora Ephron. <laughs> Nora Ephron. Right. right. Yeah. Amazing screenwriter. Yes. Um, so, so Vicky, you say you love this film. Love How did you so come much. to it? Did you see it in the theater when it came out? I think I saw it seven times in the theater. Wow. Yeah. That, but let's just, just to give you a level, I also saw Beaches nine times in the theater. That's fair. <laughs> and Titanic five times in the theater. I, Do you know how many hours that is in the theater that for is Titanic? A lot of, that's at least Jesus. a week. Jesus. Yeah. That's at least a week. Yes, I love this movie beyond what's acceptable, really. So, so of those three, which have you gone back to see the most? Uh, well, no, When Harry Met Sally is definitely my number. That's the one I showed my niece mm-hmm. because I'm like, here's a movie you should see. And then I would say Beaches and then Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. They're so, remaking Beaches. Oh, so, they really? Yeah, but really? Adina Menzel. Who? Queen Latifah and Adina oh, okay. Menzel and for Lifetime. So, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Weird, I, don't right? know, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know if Adina that. makes it any better. Well, I love her voice. I know. She's a Watch her do anything. Gorgeous voice. Um, so, John, When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> Yes. How did you first come to this film? Uh, I'm sure it was on a date uh, back in high school, because uh, or maybe first year of college. What year? 88? Eighty eight. So yeah, maybe back in high school, first year of college. I'm sure I took someone to see it uh, because it was. I knew immediately from the trailers. I must see this film because I was a massive Billy Crystal fan. Oh yeah. From like soap. On. Sure. Yeah, I thought I you were going to say you must bring a woman because that's going to get me laid. <laughs> well, anything <laughs> that, that works, I suppose, when you're at that age. <laughs> when you're at that age, you're yeah, discovering right? it all. I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. But I absolutely fell in love with it. I don't remember what happened on the date at all, but I know that I love the film and I've gone back to it. I've owned it in every version it me comes too. in, in DVD, VHS, uh, and Blu-ray because... Me too. It's I've just had, such I've a... everyone. Yeah, it's just such a tight film and I remember just loving it so much and falling oh. in love with Meg Ryan. Like, you fall in love yeah. with Meg Ryan in that film she is so totally. the perfect woman that you would like to find yourself with for the rest of your life she is particular she is finicky whatever but she's got a sweetheart and that's what you want when you come home to someone and wildcat in bed i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> but just from the diner scene alone you right? know you're taken care of yep. there I well, well, also, e- e- at least the show is going to be great whether or not she's really <laughs> yeah she's, it, don't true. Know. she's I don't, doing good i also fell in love with harry Connick jr and that whole oh, yes, music genre absolutely. that was like completely new i'm sure Everybody older was like, he's doing Frank Sinatra. Yeah. But to me, I was like, who's, what kind of singing is this? Right. It's very clear. Our love is here to stay. Not for a year. Forever and a day. I loved it so and much. He's 20 years old. 20 years, 20 years old. old when he made that. Yep. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, you know, we'll talk about a lot of like, sure, this, sure. Is, this is my movie, but so I was always the friend guy. So I <laughs> always was in love with women who were my friends. I was living with uh, a woman at the time who I was not so secretly in love with. Mm-hmm. She and I had been friends since high school. And 1988 is the year I met Karen, Wow, who I stayed friends with for three years desperately in love with her mm-hmm. and she is now my wife yeah so they're this, still just friends though right <laughs> a lot of thoughts just went through my head and, <laughs> and none of them were appropriate um but uh but so this is our movie there's yeah. no question oh, that's when great is carrying in my movie and we and of course when watching it again we watch it again for this podcast 
it's so great when you watch a movie that you haven't seen in a while and you're like, this is still a still perfect great. film. It hasn't aged a day. It is a fantastic it's movie. It's because, you know, and I feel like Nora Ephron really did that. I Because I think What Women Want and... Yeah, um, that's a good film. Uh, like, not so much it's complicated, but, but the like she creates a, an era almost, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's like a, a kind of a tone that is so ageless mm-hmm. and so relatable. And I freaking, I mean the music, the, just the, the visuals of her pulling the car up in New York and yeah. you know, so beautiful. My niece liked it too. And she was only, she's 15 and wow. she gets bored real quick. And she really like, although she said it wasn't enough romance for her. Oh, well, that's how we did it back then. We yeah. weren't so over it. Well, I, I, well, that's a, well, so that's an interesting thing of like, what is the nature of romance? Right. Because cause to me, like I said, I think this is the model for the romantic comedy. Yeah. Like if, if it happened one night is the model for the romantic comedy in the 30s. Sure. This is the model for the modern romantic comedy. And both it happened one night and this... Uh, largely is not a story about people getting together. It's a, there's, there's conflict and there's, uh, arguments. They don't like each other at first. It's a, there's a mm-hmm. long process. The actual romance happens very, in a very small amount of time, depending on what you define as romance. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, the thing I want to add to what Vicky said too, is the Nora Ephron writes in a way that is, a, if you were remotely vulnerable as a man, mm-hmm. you're accessible to how a woman, woman thinks. Right. And I think a lot of people try to write for women, both male and female, and don't quite nail it. Uh, because they try to make women too manly or they try to make men too female. Yeah. And you lose it in mm-hmm. the translation. And I think what's important in this film, you see how Sally thinks. She has not in any way betrayed. She doesn't become a damsel in distress. Like when she has that moment where she breaks down. When uh, Joe it is gets log- married. Yeah, when Joe gets married. It's logical because yeah. you, you, that is an emotional thing you feel. How you can move on to the next guy and uh, next woman rather so quickly and marry that woman. Yeah. It's uh, you. No matter how you're built, it's such a rejection of you, I mean, I had that experience with my ex. My ex, who got divorced, she was she found out a year later that he had gotten remarried, and she flipped out for a week, like she yeah. just couldn't handle it. And that's what happens, yeah. you know. And I, this was so but logical. she also managed to find a man like the the conversations they had to yes. me that was groundbreaking. Oh, yeah. Like him saying, "Well, yeah, you you sleep with her, the, mm-hmm. you, you know, <laughs> it wasn't a great date. Well, I slept at her house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we slept together." And the woman's just like, "What? What do you? What do you mean you slept <laughs> together?" Well, well, let's go back a little and talk about sort of the genesis of this movie because. Yeah. This is this is really the, the heart of it, which is is that this movie comes out in a lot of ways from conversations between Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner. Right. Who I and, love. And 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 I will argue because what's you know, normally when we do these podcasts, we usually pick kind of one person, the director, and we talk about their history and how they got to where they got to. Right. And now I think we have three and really more major characters coming to this. One is Nora Ephron, whose whole career is fascinating. I mean, she, you know, as a, as a writer, as an article writer, and then she's married to Carl Bernstein, which is like, you know, and then becoming a screenwriter, writing these great screenwriters, working with Mike Nichols. Yeah. Heartburn. And then, and then you also, her whole story. In fact, there's a really good documentary on Nora Ephron, which is worth seeing. Definitely worth seeing. What's it called? It's right. uh, What's it called? Uh, It's on HBO. Yeah. Okay. I I don't know know about it. it. But, uh, um, and then you have Rob Reiner, who is, comes from a storied Hollywood family. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy, you know, his parents, Carl Reiner, for the show of shows and Dick Van Dyke show. And their best friend is Mel Brooks and Anne Bancroft, right. who are out their house all the time. And that's the environment he grows up yeah, on. Goes amazing. to All in the Family, where he's an actor. Mm-hmm. And then married to Penny Marshall. And apparently his house, when he was married to Penny Marshall, was the party house for a generation mm-hmm. throughout the 70s. 
So, and that was huge, huge um, part of that community with Albert Brooks and all these other people, right. Ron Williams and, you know, everyone that was that age in the 70s and late 70s came there. Yeah. And then uh, and then you have Billy Crystal and Billy Crystal is this, you know, as you said, soap, because yeah. I love soap. Oh, I remember loved. watching soap. Billy Crystal is supposed to be in the original cast of Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. He doesn't make it in the cast you know, because he gets dropped at the night of the show i think yeah you know he has this huge career that's very complicated before we get to when harry met sally you know much less barry sonnenfeld is the dp i mean you have all right. these yeah. amazing people coming together for this film but the main pair is rob reiner and Nora yeah. efron mm -hmm. and rob reiner has become divorced from penny marshall he's very much the billy crystal character oh yeah yeah and and Nora efron is very much the meg ryan character and it's you know because that's how she orders that's really is how Nora efron that's orders. how i mm -hmm. order and, and I mean, you do a beautiful not weird. job. One that's... of the world's great orderers. Um, <laughs> I feel that I've been. Uh... Go ahead, Steve. I don't want to. Well, I just it's it's there. They had uh, three years of conversations yeah. about what men and women are really like that lead to getting to this film. I think if you see this film at an early enough age, it really does give you the information you need in certain situations. <laughs> Definitely. You know, I, Rob Reiner is telling her how men think, mm -hmm. and Nora is telling him how women think. And it's in both of them are surprised by the things that come out. And we see that in their conversations in the film. And, and at the time, I mean, it seems strange to say now, but the idea of a man and a woman being friends and yeah. not that this was a crazy idea. And yeah. Rob Reiner talks about it as if this is a crazy idea. Yeah. And and I think our world has changed in some ways where that seems less crazy. In some ways it hasn't. Mm -hmm. in some ways yeah. we're still really different. And the, the, you know, does sex get in the way and all these sort of questions because uh, this is what I would call a thesis film. A thesis film is, is where we're going to present a question at the beginning of the movie. Can men and women be friends or will the sex part always get in the way? And now we're going to spend a whole movie exploring yeah. that question uh, and come up. And with the, answer no. <laughs> the answer is no. The answer is no. Because yeah. we're going to get together. Yeah. I love when in the beginning he's like men and women can never be friends. And she was like, what? You realize, of course, that we can never be friends. Why not? What I'm saying is, and this is not a come on in any way, shape or form is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. That's not true. I have a number of men friends and there is no sex involved. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You only think you do. You're saying I'm having sex with these men without my knowledge? No, what I'm saying is they all want to have sex with you. They do not. Do too. They do not. Do too. How do you know? Because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So you're saying that a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail him, too. And that's kind of what ends up happening in our lives. We're mm -hmm. friends with, you know, our friends are either married or you're married. There's not a lot of just men and women who stay friends who haven't had some kind of sexual attraction to one another. Because if you like each other as people... You probably are going to be attracted to Sarah them. Sarah and I are the greatest exception ever. Our friend Sarah and I. So far. Yes. It's been 20 <laughs> years. I know, but I still, I have hope. She's still one of my greatest friends and I have no interest ever in sleeping yeah. with her. And it's, it's, that's why I enjoy the movie too so much now as I get older. Yeah. Those conversations, uh, I have those kinds of conversations with Sarah without the, that yeah. thing happening that happens between uh, Harry and Sally, which is great. It's great to have that I kind wonder, of thing. yeah. It's um, fascinating. The thing that Rob Reiner says in one of the interviews. Because I've never done that. I just want to say real quick, Steve. Yeah. I've never done that. I don't, so I don't know personally my opinion. I've never become friends with someone and, and then, then dated, dated them. It's, really? I always know within 30 seconds if I'm going to date you, have sex <laughs> with you, or have a relationship with you. And yeah. so it's fascinating to watch this movie because I, this is my favorite romantic comedy, period. 
yet it's nothing I can actually exp- I've never experienced and but it's that that speaks to the writing and the direction and the yeah. acting yeah and for, for me, me it's like yep Yep. Yeah, right. It's your story, of course. I felt like Billy Crystal, I mean, like Harry wanted to sleep with her right away. At the beginning, yeah. I felt like like that was, and then he only didn't when he was in a relationship. You pretty much want to nail them, too. I mean, like, you know, he did say that, that that he wants to sleep with her. And he does. He does come on to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in that opening sequence, which, by the way, the drive in the car the best. is so the good. Grapes. The grapes. The grapes. The Sally's hair. hair. Oh, hair's great. Yeah. That yeah. 80s hair. And, and, and one of the things that's interesting about Harry and Sally, I think, which is something that, again, is always sort of this is the things that Hollywood gets wrong. Mm. They're very strange people. Mm-hmm. They are really odd. Oh, yeah. I mean, Harry is dark and sarcastic and nihilistic and yeah. cruel yep. reads and, the last page of the book so he won't yeah and and depressed yeah and uh very shallow about the women he sleeps with mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh and sally is peculiar and quirky and fun and and i had to so meg ryan this is the beginning for her yeah she was a soap opera actress before yep. this and her performance i think is among one of the great comedic performances uh, mm-hmm. i can think of i yeah. agree i yeah. mean she had done top gun yes Show me the way home. There are like certain people where I go, who's that person? Yeah. Like she was in it for three minutes. Uh, you know I mean? Yeah. She was really not in it much. Take me to bed or lose me forever. Right. And I remember and going, Gustav. who's that person? Yeah. She's really interesting. Um, the other one was weirdly, uh, Ellen Pompeo in that little movie. That, Moonlight. Yes. Yes. And I remember thinking Moonlight Mile. Moonlight Mile. I remember thinking, who is that me woman? Me too. Immediately. Yeah. And then that's, there aren't a lot of those. Same thing with Zellweger and Jerry Maguire. All of a sudden you're like, who yeah. is that? Who is well, that? I remember, like yeah. Brad Pitt and Thelma and Louise. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. But everybody <laughs> thought that and not because they were like, there's a fantastic actor. They yeah, were like, but hugely Hello. charismatic. Oh, oh my God. Yes. So charismatic. Yes. Yeah. Dude. But you're right, and, and I had seen Meg in a small little film uh, called Promised Land with Kiefer Sutherland oh, right. mm-hmm. and uh, Jason Gedrick and Tracy Pollan. And it's a small little 80s film. No, hardly anybody's ever seen it. Uh, it's not even on blue. I remember it. But she was great in it, and she showed a darkness in her character that I was like, wow, this is an actress. So when she showed up in When Harry Met Sally, this is a woman. And that's what speaks to the – I enjoy about the movie is you see them go through the stages. And I don't want to jump the gun in how you're, 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 you're coordinating this, Steve, but like – This is very uncoordinated. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I have actually a plan, but it, right. this is going to go. He's where it's like gonna Vicky's going to be there. Vicky's let's on the show. let's forget <laughs> it. This is like trying to seg- trying to segue for the first time. I am extremely uncoordinated, but like the, the, to me, it was it was that's what I love about the film is the progression of them, and it's believable. And as now as a forty five year old man watching this, it's even more rich for me because I can absolutely identify with every stage that they go through. Whereas when I saw it in 18, I'm just watching people as they get older and whatever. I can't really relate to it. Now you bring your own life experience to it and the conversations and the embarrassment. The fight they have after the wagon wheel coffee yep. table is so brilliant. Oh my she God. Says to him, you don't you, have you, to express every feeling the second you have it. True. I've had people <laughs> say that to me and you're like, I remember that moment. And yet he is right. I yes. mean, that wagon oh, yeah. wheel. I mean, like, because... Yeah. Because the wagon wheel fights, much of marriage are wagon wheel yes, fights. Yes, that's true. Like, that is what you're going to argue about. <laughs> Hashtag wagon wheel fights. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally true. You, I still can't get over. Well, first of all, let's talk, keep Meg Ryan. She, I mean, yes. in a way it made her and in a way it broke her. Because I agree. I thought after it's a that. Pinnacle, it peaks. Mm-hmm. It, it's a pinnacle comedic thing. But then later she did um, that um, Courage. Um, 
the one where she's the military. Yeah, Courage Under Fire. Cur- Courage Under Fire, yeah, right? With Matt Damon uh, and Denzel. And she was, you know, amazing. And I feel like her, um, the when she played the alcoholic with um, oh, yeah. Andy oh, when Garcia. When a man loves a woman, yeah. yeah. She was, again, absolutely yeah. so good and yeah. given very little opportunity to keep doing that. Like She's great, but they she's just always going to be Sally. You know, or yeah. or sleeps in Seattle. She's gonna yeah. be Nora Ephron. Yeah. Whoever Nora Ephron made her, it kind of, it's where we stopped her. You I feel know, like she laid the groundwork for Sandra Bullock. That she laid the groundwork yeah. for Sandra Bullock, and Bullock wins the Oscar when really uh, Meg should have had it. it should have had that one. Oh role my gosh, she really should top. have. I want I want to go back to Rob Reiner a bit because I want to get back to like sort of the origins of the film. To me, Rob Reiner's first eight films are among the greatest first eight film I, I put it up against anybody wow. Spinal Tap because it goes Spinal Tap The Sure Thing which I love oh yeah the John Cusack film yeah man. Stand By Me Great I film. mean Princess Bride I mean When Harry Met Sally wow Misery American Ugh. President and A Few Good Men wow yeah that's his and I think there's one other movie in there it's like North is in there or something that's not as good yes that's but that that that's, that's an spectacular unbelievable yeah and they're all really different yeah have, he invents the mockumentary essentially yeah. with Spinal Ugh. Tap and then he, uh, and then he does this, also a romantic comedy, very much in the. Um, it happened one night with Sure Thing. Yeah. Then a, a coming of age film. Then the Princess Bride, which, which is, is like you know, what, which yeah. we will be doing on the same oh, yeah. at Absolutely. some point. Then when Harry Met Sally. Then Misery, which is a really great mm-hmm. scary Stephen I King movie. Watch it. it still scars me. Still, still scars. I didn't me. watch it because I read the book, oh. and I I know what happens, and I was like, I will not watch anybody be hobbled. I just I oh. draw a line. The inkling is. The book, the, the book is much more brutal, by the way. I know, but is I can really? take a book. I, yeah, it is. Yeah, I can take is. a book because somehow I think my mind does some editing that my eyes don't. Because <laughs> I can read a book and no problem, but I see it and it's forever. <laughs> Misery is yep. such a fantastically crafted movie. And then he essentially discovers Aaron Sorkin because yeah. the next two, you right. know, because it's Few Good Men and American President, yes. both Aaron Sorkin movies. And I mean, think of the people in these movies. He discovered Robin Wright. She was she yeah. was a soap actress. Yes. Uh, actually, Julia Roberts uh, was supposed to be in that role, or was uh, really? auditioned for the the oh, princess. God. I know, right? Thank God, it's Robin Wright. Um, and uh, Kathy Bates, right? I mean, right. that was it's on stage. That right. was on stage in New York. Yep. He has an eye. Well, and Christopher Guest, and all. Yeah. I mean, you oh, name yeah. every per, every one of these movies has people in it that are like monumental. Well, he yeah. loves. He is one of those directors who loves actors. Yeah, loves working with. And, and from what? Because he was it, an actor. Because he, he was it. an actor. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's there certain people. There's certain directors who are well-known assholes who are brutal and cruel and and disrespectful to actors and might still be great directors. Mm-hmm. And that is not who I want to be. Like, I teach no. directing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm always trying to teach the values of take care of the people that you work with. They're your best asset. You know, be gentle. Create a supportive environment. And that seems like the kind of director Rob Reiner is. Um, aside, just because it's topical uh gary marshall just passed and yeah. he was a friend uh i played softball on a couple of his softball teams and we recently just did like a toast he was one of those kind of directors Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. more loved actors loved mm-hmm. you know and he said uh the quote somebody told me was it's nice to be important but it's important to be nice yeah and that yeah. was kind of that's the kind of director that i envision rob reiner is just well, like and it's same rob era. reiner's brother-in-law brother-in-law right. you know yeah like they they were hanging out together so it's yeah. it's not and, and it's funny one of the other directors that's very much from my understanding like that is ron howard yeah you know, also you know was studied under gary marshall yeah, yeah. they all know? came from yeah. happy days yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy days laverne and Shirley. you name yeah. it yeah well, well it's it's so great to see to to watch what he did in those eight films you see the ugh. progression of a of a director and you see 
how 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 far you could take it. Like um, like to me, a few good men is the end of the run that you were saying but it's it's also like everything comes together for him as a director i this think is, american presence after but is, is, yeah, is it, yeah. right, well even still, that is I grand like, in its scope is yeah what but I'm i still saying. feel and like that was like yeah yeah and it's and it's so but with this film i just think the ability that if you break down these eight films the ability to nail each one in a different way is such a great point you bring up steve how he lays the groundwork how he's building and getting stronger getting stronger as a director yet he's still nailing it as he's getting stronger and that's amazing yeah. that's like watching an athlete just have these consistently good seasons good seasons until he finally hits the pinnacle well and he's choosing to switch sports yeah, yeah. you know what i mean because right. most you know it's like if you look at the first several steven spielberg movies they're they're different but they're yeah. very much steven spielberg movies yeah. right he didn't switch from comedy to a horror movie to a fantasy movie no one right i don't know anybody other than rob reiner who went let's now i'm doing a romantic comedy mm-hmm. you know he yeah. didn't he didn't he was like this is what i'm interested in and yeah. that's what yeah. he wanted to make yeah um let's talk about billy crystal he was not a movie star no no and can anyone think of going into a Hollywood meeting and saying, this is our romantic lead of our new romantic comedy, right. Billy Crystal? Yeah. You know, I know, I know he'd only like he'd done one of my favorite uh, action comedies, uh, uh, Running Scared, that never got a sequel, which right. should have totally should have. Wait, Him with Charles Go- Grodin? No, no, Gregory Hines. What am I thinking? Uh, you're, Midnight you're, Run. You're thinking Midnight, Midnight Run. Run. Yeah, which is oh. great. Adore Midnight Run. Yeah. But uh, what I thought Running Scared's after this. Is it is before it, this? Is it 89? I don't know. I thought uh, it was 87. But maybe I'm wrong. But either way, I mean, you're right. Steve. It's he right around not, the same time. He was not a a known name no. other than being on Saturday well, Night Live. Well, he killed it on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. As I mean, you know, because he didn't get on Saturday Night Live when he was originally supposed to. He went and did so. Oh, so, so it, it is before. before. Yeah. yeah. So that's so he does that right after Saturday Night Live, right? I think, and then he get it, you know, and he's has a bit part in Princess Bride. Yes. And then where he's, he's in, he's in um, uh, Spinal Tap as well. Yeah. yeah. He shows up in Spinal Tap. Right. And, Mime is money. And and they're they're. <laughs> And the, he and Rob are buddies because he came in to play Rob Reiner's best friend or Meathead's best friend on All in the Family. Right. And they became, and in fact, Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal would call each other from bed like, oh my God, yeah, oh, like that, like Harry really? and Sally do. That's Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal. Wow. They would call each other and Rob Reiner would moan on the phone and moan <laughs> to sleep. Uh, that, is, that is Rob Reiner. That sounds right. So That's their great. friendship is a huge, and, they, and they, I think they were maybe both divorced. At the time, yeah. uh, the, the leading up to this movie, so their conversations about being divorced men and all these things, a lot of that is in the movie, you know, it's yeah. part yeah. of the movie and in the Bruno Kirby relationship. Yeah. For me, it was the development, this, because I had seen Running Scared. Then I saw one of my favorite, another, see, the thing is, I have such a love for him because I will see him in anything. I even saw Mr. Saturday Night, which was the end of the honeymoon for me. Yeah, that's. And, <laughs> and that was the end of it. That was when he shot, he's, yeah. that was Icarus into the sun, man. And, but Memories of Me is one of my favorite oh, quiet films. Right? Yeah. If you're a fan of comics oh, or comedy, Alan, Alan King, King and Billy Crystal are fantastic so in that good. movie and powerful. Like I cry Cried every time. So hard, every I still time. would cry. I yep. love that. As soon as he calls the studio at the end, I cry every time. I and haven't seen that. In so that long. is him building, and that's '87. Then Princess Bride, like you said, and then he builds into this, and this is my. To me, it's like this is him. Like he's in his prime at this point, you know, as an actor and as a presence on screen. And I had been watching him in these smaller films, like becoming this big cheerleader. So when he got to when Harry met Sally, I just sat in and enjoyed yeah. his work. And he's so. This is the thing about Billy, and it's a shame that now that he's older, he can't really touch these places. But the vulnerability 
behind the anger. He has that anger. Yeah. And you oh, see yeah. it in when Harry Mads, like when he's caught doing the Surrey with the fringe on top moment, he is embarrassed. And then when he flips out on her later, you just see that he still yeah. has that anger, you know, but the vulnerability he is did, a great combination. He did do a one man show recently. Yeah. 700 that, Sundays. Did you watch it? Yes. I and saw I it on HBO. He did, I mean, yes. he did a great job of, Absolutely. he's just not getting the vehicles anymore. Right. I think because right. apparently once you get past, you know, 50, <laughs> You're not, yeah. And for men, women, it's 26. Yeah. But for men, it's 50. All right, Schumer. We're not interested right, anymore. We're just done. We're well, done with no, you. It's totally true. And, and particularly in terms of comedy. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, well, and right. this goes like Hollywood wants you to be what, what, what they think you are. Yeah. And when you start changing or growing older. Or, yeah, which you know, who doesn't? Let's then, be clear. <laughs> we want you to be the thing. You know, this is, a, you know, we talked about Meg Ryan. That's mm-hmm. clearly what happened to Meg Ryan. Yeah. They want her to still be Sally. And what, you know what? She can't be that anymore. She can't because you know? it's weird. If you're yeah. that way yeah. and you're in your 50s and you're still like, oh, what men are crazy. Like, right. then we just right. feel like something's wrong with you, honey. Right. You need to. Well, there's this weird reaction right now to, the, to Renee, Renee Zellweger and yeah. the new oh, yeah. uh, Bridget Jones movie. Oh, God. I haven't terrible. heard. Yeah. That trailer uh, Well, terrible. it's not. It's it's off the topic of this show. But, but, yeah. but the idea she's being struggling you get, with the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Who, as she grows you older, can she beat? And I mean, there, but the funny thing to me is always still that Meg Ryan is five foot eight. I will never get over that. Oh, In my yeah. brain, she is five one. <laughs> like I just do not think of her as a tall right. person. She's yeah. cute. She seems like she'd be tiny. Yeah. She she has lethal levels of cuteness in mm-hmm. Harry Styles. Oh my goodness! Yeah. It's the the and the little tiny things she does, little ways that she, the particular way she moves things around, things she does with her face or yeah. hair, are just all so endlessly fascinating and, and when she's weird. crying yeah. the, oh, so, and she's sobbing so this is something rob reiner talks about which is the comedy cry which is the comedy cry and the, the masters of the comedy cry <laughs> are lucille ball yep and then one that rob reiner got to know which is mary tyler moore mm. like mary tyler moore is a master of and then you see this and he and they talk he and nora efron talk quite a bit will meg ryan be able to do the comedy cry because it's a weird thing to yeah. have to do mm-hmm. to be fully honestly completely emotional and in this moment big and big <laughs> and real and not and, try to hide it and not and but be funny if you could take him back right now would you <laughs> no <laughs> but why didn't he want to marry me <laughs> what's the matter with me nothing i'm difficult you're challenging <laughs> I'm too structured. I'm completely closed off. But in a good way. No, no, no. I drove him away. And I'm going to be 40. When? Someday. In eight years. But it's there. It's just sitting there like this big dead end. And it's not the same for men. Charlie Chaplin had babies when he was 73. Yeah, but he was too old to pick them up. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that cry is... One of the funniest hilarious. things ever. And I'm going to be 40. <laughs> when? In eight, in eight years. But it's out there. It's out there. <laughs> I like when she goes... I'm difficult. That's my favorite. <laughs> it's, it's just like, oh, no, no. It's brilliant. Uh, it's and then the, still she was sexy, which was yes, so weird. Yeah, like, so. you don't think of her sexy. And then they have sex and she gets up and is oh, like, 
can what I get you water place. or whatever? And I'm like, wow, you would yeah. not. Well, she's it, not sexual by her. Her energy in no. this movie is not in any way sexual until they have sex. Right. And then you're like, wow. And that that shot of her waking up with a happy, contented oh, smile, face. And yeah. he looks like. And his, yeah, his face is. <laughs> Perfect filmmaking because, and this is, you know, I, I actually want to go into, I want to change topics a little bit, but it'll, it'll relate to this, which is, which is this movie contains what is listed as one of the funniest lines of all time, which is I'll have what she's having, yeah. Yes. Um, which is, and, and I want to talk about it because to me, this, this, the origin of that line is the perfect example of why movies are collaborative experience. Yeah. And in particular, how this movie is a collaborative experience. So as we said, Nora Ephron is interviewing Rob Reiner and the producer whose name has gone out of my head mm-hmm. um, about what it's like to be a man and men dating and in these interviews rob tells her exactly what billy crystal says which is you're sleep with a woman now you're trying to figure out how long you have to stay with her right. before you go out and you invented the excuse i have a early morning squash yeah of this or that and nora efron's reaction is exactly what Meg, what uh, Sally's reaction is, is, are you really thinking that? Yeah. And they have essentially that exact dialogue. And Nora goes, well, that has to go in the movie. And mm-hmm. Rob goes, wait a minute. If you're, we're, we just revealed this thing about us, you have to reveal something about you because it has to be even. Yeah. Right. And she says, oh, well, you mean like the fact that most women fake orgasms? And Rob's reaction is exactly what <laughs> Harry's reaction is. Well, maybe. Not, not with me. <laughs> and she goes, and then, and then Nora says Sally's line, which is, well, every woman says that they do this, so yeah. The, yeah. the odds are. And then what Rob does is he gets up there at the Castle Rock offices, and he gets up and goes to what at the time you would call the secretarial pool, goes to all the women there, and says, come into my office in his big booming Rob Reiner voice drags all these women to his office and interrogates them about their orgasms and whether or not they fake them. Wow. Wow. offense nowadays. Yeah, Yeah. of course (laughs) it is. Big time fire. Maybe not still in Hollywood, but certainly everywhere else. (laughs) And they all say that they have faked orgasms. And then he goes, okay, this has to go into the movie. And so they write this scene. And... But the scene doesn't have anyone faking an orgasm in the scene, and it's not set in a restaurant. So then they get to rehearsal, and Meg Ryan says, well, if I'm saying this, why don't I just fake an orgasm? So that so it was her idea. That's her idea. Wow. Mm. So, so you see, this is why it's, it's yeah. all of them together. Then Rob says, well, if you're going to fake an orgasm, then we have to have it in a public place, like a restaurant. Yeah. And then Billy Crystal says, well, if you have it in a restaurant and she fakes an orgasm, someone has to say, I'll have what she's having. That's Billy Crystal it's comes up with that. Funny. Yeah. And then Rob says, I know the perfect person to do that. <laughs> my mother. Which is my mom. <laughs> and so, and what I love about that story is that is a collaboration. Yeah. Is that, that we don't get it's because everyone just thinks about that line isn't that line funny and it's like no that line is built on a structure of collaboration that cannot exist without all of these brilliant people yeah. working together to get the joke <clears throat> absolutely yeah. john i can't tell you how excited i am about the cinephiles new sponsor an absolutely incredible game marvel strike force now anyone who's listened to the show knows that i've been reading comic books since i was five years old and this is like a comic book fan's dream come true you could create a mobile squad, and play as your favorite Marvel characters. I mean, everyone is there. The Punisher, Vision, Black Panther, Cap, or even my favorite Marvel character of all time, Daredevil. Your goal is to power up those characters, unlock gear, and use them to compete in player versus player mode, alliance mode, and real-time arena. Yes, Stephen, as we speak, they are enjoying their six-year anniversary. Six years, wow. And you know what that means? Free stuff just for signing up via their unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. If you complete each event, you can receive special rewards 
and skins. Completing every single mission throughout the entire anniversary will result in an even more special reward. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out, y'all. Check out that unique promo code, and for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force. We're very, very excited to have you sponsoring this episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Well, and I, I think I read that Megaran was n- ner- like nervous about the comedy element of it, especially because Billy Crystal was so improv yeah, oriented yeah. and she was not did not want to do improv like that was right. kind of part of it. And that's why when you we said the waiter, there's a uh, um, in my poppy cash, there's too much pepper in, in my, my poppy cash. That was an improvised line and she didn't know they were going to be improvising and he does it. And if you watch, she looks off camera to see <laughs> if Rob, Rob Reiner, oh, like, are, can you remember? She kind of yeah. goes like, <laughs> and looks over that's, she's looking yeah. at Rob Reiner to be like, is are we going to keep and rolling? Rob gives wow. her the circle or finger, keep going yeah. gesture. And she goes, okay. And then she just goes, and she tries to do it and does it terribly. I have decided that for the rest of the day, we are going to talk like this. Like this? No. Please, to repeat after me. Pepper. 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 <laughs> Waiter, there is too much pepper on my paprikash. <laughs> Waiter, there, there is too, too much, much pepper, pepper on my paprikash. On my paprikash. But I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. <laughs> oh, no. But I would but- be proud... But I would be proud. To partake. To partake. Of your pecan pie. Of your pecan pie. Pecan pie. Pecan pie. Pecan pie. It's so, I knew that moment was always really special in my brain, so right. specifically. And when right. I found that out later, I'm like, well, of course, because, you know, improv, when it works, it's just, you can't mimic it. There's no, yeah. there's no, you know, when it's just completely connected and there's nothing planned. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Some line. of my favorite uh, conversations are also uh, with him and Bruno Kirby. Oh. As a man watching the film, these are conversations I have had with my male friends through the course of my life, and they are a lot like we haven't been power walking down in our nice yeah. tight little those, whatever they're oh wearing. Oh my lord, eighties! Oh, but you've definitely sat there and experience and and, and uh, traded sexual experiences, and you you you're not trying to one up necessarily, but if you've got that card to play, yeah, you will play it. Like when he says, "I made a woman meow," that's such a great line because we <laughs> you made we, a woman meow, yeah, right? And I took it to a place that wasn't human. To, to set it in, <laughs> in a, a batting, batting cage, cage right? and with kids have, waiting to yeah, come in, and being pissed at the kids. I put my quarters here, like so brilliant. That's yeah. the well, stuff. This that... is, I, I'm so glad you brought it up because this is one of this is so for those directors and screenwriters out there. Locations and activities are the best things you can give your yeah. actors. Absolutely. It's so, and you see several of them. You see the speed walking is probably the least good one of them. <laughs> right. right. Mm-hmm. The batting cage. So you. So so it's always can be hard for an actor to become natural and 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 to give them an activity to do, and particularly when 
balls are flying at you. Yeah. You literally yeah. have to deal with it. It's so natural. And there's so many little beats and things you can get out of it. And by the way, uh, I don't remember which one it is, but Billy Crystal's right-handed. He had a bat left-handed oh. for the scene. Right, because they're facing each other. Of, yeah. And, 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 and just shows, by the way, Billy Crystal, really good athlete. Yes. yes. And, and to, He's just, also a huge baseball person. Huge yes. baseball person. Um, and so you have that, you have the, uh, the wave at the football game, yes. yep. you know, and you can see that when you're first writing a screenplay, you go, oh, they're just sitting talking at a cafe. They're in a living room somewhere. Right. And then, and that, and it's a perfectly fine scene, but then you take the scene, you put it at the football game and you have the wave going through <laughs> yeah. while they're having this really emotional Mr. Zero new scene. <laughs> then she tells me that somebody in her office is going to South America and she can sublet his apartment. I can't believe this. And the doorbell rings. I can sublet his apartment. The words are still hanging in the air, you know, like in a balloon attached to a mouth. Like a cartoon. Right. So I go to the door, and there are moving men there. Now I start to get suspicious. I say, Helen, when did you call these movers? And she doesn't say anything. So I ask the movers, when did this woman book you for this gig? And they're just standing there. Three huge guys, one of them wearing a T-shirt that says, don't fuck with Mr. Zero. So I said, Helen, when did you make this arrangement? She says, a week ago. I said, you've known for a week and you didn't tell me? And she says, I didn't want to ruin your birthday. I mean, that whole scene is so well written and, and it's actually really sad and, yeah. and yeah. just great. And the fact that we're at the football game doesn't take away the sadness, but it makes it funny. Yeah. And yeah. well, when I teach acting and a lot of times we give somebody an activity as a way to access their left right. brain, mm-hmm. their right brain rather. So if you hand like, well, play have play catch with a ball in yeah. as they're doing their scene because the part of your brain that has to be paying attention to catching the ball and doing that is your left brain which wants to take over it's the least creative side of you right. so the more you activate that the more your right brain gets open access to actually be present to be listening to be available so it's smart as an actor too to have an activity mm. i do it in rehearsals all the time when things are feeling a little stiff it's like let's go do this scene in a closet let's go run around let's go mm. do something else yeah. to shake up that thing mm. um there's a i had a martial arts instructor that said a thing that i think totally applies to acting which is that he said that we sort of see the world in two ways one way is the i'm I'm in the moment talking to someone or reacting to someone and I'm very connected to what's happening, but I don't have a good perspective on it. And the other one is the sort of top down perspective where I can see everything that's going on, but I'm disconnected. Right. And that what he Mm. says is that when things are really going, he was describing in martial arts that you're sparring or something like that, is that when things are going well, you have both. Yeah. And you're seeing out of both of those perspectives simultaneously, you know, and it, it totally applies to acting, which is that I'm in the moment. I'm completely connected and real and reacting to things. Yeah. And I know where the props are. I know how the scene is going. Yeah. I know what's happening next. I understand how the audience is reacting and I'm in control and there, and neither of those are interfering with them. But frequently what happens is you're only up in that up top one mm. thinking about things right. and you're not in the moment and adding this activity. Suddenly it shakes you out of that because you, because you can't just, you can't be thinking about that other stuff because a baseball is coming at you. Right. Yeah. So you have to deal with the baseball. But even as simple as like rolling out the rug in his apartment. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're it's just like, have an they're just, cause we're just, we're usually doing something in life, you know, we're yeah. usually doing something. So to have it be, you know, you're talking as you're like, you know, turn the rug this way. It's so much more uh, to me what real life is about. 
what like how we are where we have our conversations we're not usually sitting at a coffee table having all of our deep conversations right. you know absolutely yeah and and, and 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 like another example sometimes you can get an extra layer of emotion in it one of them is carrie fisher's trying on the wedding dress oh and she, they're ta- and she's eating those m&ms and she's eating m&ms i love that and she's ta- asking her have you seen harry has he seen someone right and to combine to juxtapose I'm asking you about the guy that really deep down I love and we the audience all knows that you're in love with mm-hmm. him while watching you try on the wedding dress and Carrie Fisher has her own emotional things going on because she never thought she would be trying on this wedding dress mm-hmm. and now she is mm-hmm. and all of these layers about yeah. marriage and relationship and all this stuff is happening and so the scene you know and you could have done that scene in a cafe yeah but instead it's now filled with all this yeah. other stuff yeah. because of where you put it. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I know you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's not switch. Yeah, yeah, the let's women talk about Carrie Fisher. Let's talk uh, about Carrie Fisher. This is what you know what occurred to me watching this time. I was like, this is six years after Jedi. Yeah. It's yeah. not that long. No. And, and she, you know, she's Princess Leia. Yeah. And now she does this role where this is Carrie Fisher. She's you know? such a genius. Oh, my God. Have you ever read so any of her books? Yeah, I read um, Postcards from the Edge. Okay. Yeah. And Delusions of Grandma. I haven't read that so one. I, her, her books are great. I, I watched the one man, the one woman yeah. show she did on HBO. That was fantastic. Oh, she's so, uh, she's biting satire. The drink, uh, drinking, right? Yeah, it's, something to do about drinking. She's so funny. Uh, yeah. the, the Nora Ephron one, by the way, is everything is copy. Oh, everything is copy. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's, that's right. Good name. But wishful yeah. drinking. Wishful drinking. That's yes, it. wishful drinking. She was. I, I was in love with her watching that because God, she was so good. Right, because she's so good, and she's so willing to talk about these things. Yeah. Right. Kathy Griffin does it. Has built a whole career doing that. But what Carrie does is is deep dive, and when you deep dive with Carrie, it's awesome. If you let her take you by the nose, oh, you yeah. have a blast. You enjoy the ride. So much. And I wonder, this must have been when she was with uh, her pa- her gay husband. Right. Yes, <laughs> probably. she was having a baby with probably. the gay husband. and Well, again, and we go to the collaboration. Now, Nora Ephron is a great wit yeah. and a brilliant writer. But part of me just can't. I'm not, I don't know this. But it's got to be some Carrie Fisher in there, too. Right. Yeah, you know, I would because, think so, right? Because she's so funny. And, oh, and she's so funny. The scene... Uh, two scenes I'd love to talk about. One scene is the scene at the restaurant with the date set up yes. with oh, Bruno Lord. and them both going for the cab at the end Yes, is so perfectly constructed. Mm-hmm. As you built up these two characters, one is the guy who I've given up on relationships, I don't yeah. need to do that, and get Carrie Fisher with uh, he's never going to leave him. Yeah. <laughs> he's never going to leave him. Of course, right, of course he's right. not. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I know you're right. I went through his pockets, okay? Well, why do you go through his pockets? You know what I found? No, what? They just bought a dining room table. He and his wife just went out and spent $1,600 on a dining room table. Where? <laughs> the point isn't where, Alice. The point is he's never going to leave her. So what else is new? You've known this for two years. You're right. You're right. I know you're right. But I, this is what I want to touch on, what you bring this up. I've been trying to say this for the last 10 minutes. What's so great about the activity stuff, what's so great about the, uh, the, uh, the, the collaboration. collaboration, but what's so great about this happening here at this point, what you're bringing up here, this situation, it evokes New York. New York has yep. the pace, the speed, the fast. You're always right. doing something. You cannot sit around in New York because the energy will That's lift you true. out of your chair and shove you out the door. New York's energy is no energy like I've ever experienced uh, in my entire life. I yeah. mean, there are moments where I stand, when I go to visit New York now, where I stand and I have to hold the wall 
of whatever building I'm at because I feel the speed of the city and I'm so not used to that in LA or in Virginia or in Florida. So when I get to New York, and so what the film does for me, uh, the scenery is obviously amazing, yeah, all the places they shoot, but the speed of the film, things that are happening, it's, it makes you feel like these are people in constant motion. Yeah. And that's how New York is, in constant motion. Yeah, it's true. It's funny that the two films that the three of us have talked about, this and Ghostbusters, both have this Big tremendous New love of yes, New York. Yes, And really capture an element. Now, the element of New York that when Harry Met Sally captures is very different from what Ghostbusters very captures. Right. But they're very, their love of New York is really clear. And one of the things Rob Reiner talks about is he talks a lot about in making this movie is going to lunch. Yeah. Is that rather than having lunch on the set, they always shot right near a really good restaurant. So he and Nora Ephron and the cast would go across the street to some mm-hmm. great little Italian yeah. neighborhood place and have lunch. And, and, and you get the love of all of this, oh, we're in this great place and let's celebrate it. Yeah. Going to the, um, the, the museum, going yeah. to the beautiful shots in Central Park in yeah. the fall. Like all of those things are just so gorgeous. I know you so well. That's the beginning of that park. <laughs> of but the it's, Central Park it's, it's always fall in the movie. Yeah. No matter what. Because you never see them in shorts. You never see them hanging no, well, out. Dur- New Year's. They're well, New Year's, what I mean is fall, winter, fall, yes, winter, right. fall, winter through yeah. the whole movie. And that's I think that's true. on purpose because that's when you most want to be next to somebody. Oh. want to feel that warmth and comfort Aww. is in the fall and winter because you're cold and you want someone <laughs> close to you. You just feel that it's bundling very, up is nice. It's a very primal <laughs> take I mean, on I romance. Think, uh, Listen, I don't feel like dating because I'm kind of hot right now. <laughs> but uh, when it gets cold, cold, come back around. I'd love to cuddle. <laughs> I'm just, just there's, not the there's not a lot of summer romances. There's not a lot of summer romances. I think this is the last thing you want someone on top of you all sweaty and stuff. You know, in summer. Uh, Listen, that's I how I fall. feel. But, but, but there, there are other people that think otherwise. Um, Maybe they do. I'm sure. A lot of people think tropical beaches and bikinis is really romantic. Well, but, I don't know about romantic. Um, certainly, sexually style. Uh, you know, I don't mind. Um, uh, I sorry, the tropical beaches. They just, just got you on a thing. Well, you were just let me digress a little bit because yeah. you talked about it before, and it was one of my favorite moments. Was when he says what guys are thinking about after they've had oh, sex. That's true, and then. They show Billy Crystal right after he's mm-hmm. had sex with Meg Ryan and just the, or sorry, I keep using, I'm not doing Harry and Sally. I'm using the actors, but you know yes. what I mean? And when, and then when she kind of wakes up and he's like, well, I can't because I have plans right now, but I sure would love to see you later. And it's like, <laughs> you're like, who are you? He like delivers it in yep. such a perfectly, we haven't been together as friends for years and years, right. you know, but I'd love to take you to lunch later if you are available. And you know, it's like, well, and what's so weird about it, at least for me is I go he knows that he already told her about this thing which is probably why he's like that exactly so he is trying to be he's feeling this thing i have to get the fuck out yeah but he's trying to say it in a way and it's a complete failure yeah and she know and that's what the great things about all the subtext is she's already heard this thing and she knows what's happening yep Yep. and so it's so painful to watch because the problem with having been friends for a long time is they don't have these secrets they're trying to hide behind yeah Yeah. they know the other one's bullshit yeah well, I love the way he walks in there and like her, her, he notices that her videos, cassettes have been alphabetized. <laughs> alphabetized. I love yeah. that. That's, on those index little cards. Things say, hey, on index cards. The little thing about, those little things about Sally. But you're right. When they're having that uncomfortable lunch or dinner yeah. later, oh, and terrible. he's like, he's like, it was like, a mistake. It was a mistake. Yeah. I'm so oh, glad you said God. that. Yeah. yeah. And yet, and she's inner, clearly not. No, no. She's, and their inner dialogue before they get to that that uh, lunch or dinner yeah. or whatever is great, too, because it lays the groundwork for that moment to happen where she goes, it's a mistake. It's, oh, God, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad well, you said And I that. wonder, too, and maybe you know about the, the split screen stuff with the oh, phone yeah. calls. That was kind of 
used in like Brady Bunch but not in films and not at right. that level before well, that I remember I mean, there, there are films that do it like Doris Day and uh, Rock Hudson there's a very right. famous I mean, screen but don't eat the daisies but the four way split screen that they do so they did it all live um, and the way they did it was they had to they were on different little sets and they had to link um, the sound through the phones so that they're actually hearing each other's dialogue Oh wow! and the, the level of detail in terms of the interrupting and overlapping is so hard it's 60 takes oh my god 60, and it's all in one take I mean it's all one shot so it's 60 takes wow. shooting in four different locations wow. linked through these phones to get that and they wouldn't need to do that now uh, you know what I mean? No, I think you still have to do it. Because, you do? You don't think there could be some CGI action that just puts all the things next to each other? So getting, so, so I, cause I've done mm. this cause I did in the assistance, we did a seven way split screen yeah. mm-hmm. of a phone call. Right. And I didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> and, um, because what we did as opposed to what they do in Harry and Sally was we shot each part mm-hmm. separately over a month mm-hmm. and we thought about the lensing and we thought about the distance and focal length. So everything's framed the same way, but we didn't think about the rhythm of the dialogue. And, you know, actually my wife, Karen, who we've already talked about was the script supervisor. So she's doing the other side of the dialogue yeah. with each of the actors going around. And, of course, she might be somewhat consistent, but she didn't know how Jane Seymour was going to do one side sure. or how someone or Joe Montaigne is doing the other side. And so when I went to put them all together as a seven way split, they don't fit. Yeah. And so what happened, if you were to watch the scene, is what I'm doing is speeding up and slowing down the people that aren't talking subtly so that all of their reactions and they're coming in at the right moment. So if you're looking at the person who's talking, it all looks great. But if you really focus on people that aren't talking, you'll see why are they suddenly moving so slowly? (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) Because that's the only way I could get it to time out. Right, right. Timing is so hard. And in a thing like the Harry Met Sally one, it is because they're overlapping and interrupting. Yeah. The pacing is beautiful. Unbelievably Mm -hmm. hard to do so mm-hmm. 60 takes makes sense to me yeah wow. yeah jeez uh, can we bring up the uh, couples that they interview Ugh. that's, that's that, that was going to be one of my next and that was Wait. later right that was added mm-hmm. after it was pretty no it was pretty early because the, the first story comes from someone's father it's okay. like it's not rob reiner's father but it's maybe it's it's i forget who it was so mm-hmm. oh, it's maybe the producer's father that's actually their story of okay. how they met. And so that's when the ideas started coming. Originally, they're going to bring in real people to do it. Right. And do improvs and stuff like that. Or bring in people whose story it was. Yeah. And they tried to and it was terrible. Can yeah. I, yeah. And that's why I bring it up because like, it's the rich tapestry of the film. Yeah. But I found out in doing the research for this film that those are not real people. No, they're all actors. And I it broke my heart. Totally. Me too. It broke I my heart. I really thought they were just real people. Yeah. They're all actors. Yeah. Because it's so believable, and you, uh, you as a teacher of acting, and you as a teacher oh, for yeah. what you're directing, like those so people, in no way do you believe that they're acting. They look so real, no, especially the Asian couple. My God, the Asian couple, and the one who's when he starts and she finishes all the sentences yes. for him. We grew up one block apart from each other. Never knew we were, you know, yeah. like it's so. Oh my God! I know I, that is so sad to hear. I did not know that. Yeah. I'm I sorry, thought they I'm were sorry real. That. But, <laughs> Drop the mic. I'm out. <laughs> but now, unfortunately, now when you look at it, you're going to go, "Oh, you're right. This is all too perfect." You know, you know the way you know about a good melon. Oh, it's such I a mean, great it's like, line because it's all one shot, and and there's just no way that real people will hit it that well I guess you're in right. an interview have you yes. interviewed a lot of people yeah we're, we're not that good talking on the spot you know yeah there's i a, guess there's well i was gonna say so you say you see it at 18 and yeah then you see it at 45 and you're now seeing even more than you saw then oh yeah and i think that's really the that's really the key to a, an amazing movie is like my 15 year old niece has never had 
a friendship relationship kind of thing. I mean, to right. uh, maybe to the, you know, the way you do in high school, like you're secretly in love with someone in science class, but sure. not the way that you do as an adult. And I certainly hadn't at that point. And still it was such a, I loved it so much. I mean, mm-hmm. it probably just I, connected to, for me on the level of being so funny, yeah. loving them as a couple, loving, you know, Carrie and Bruno, but now I see it and it is, it's a whole different, you just see so much more yeah. in it than I saw certainly when I was 20 or however old. And in the stages too, like when they come back together and Sally's trying to ignore him on the plane and he like makes yeah, them. Yeah, like, on that, esca- another yeah, moving the thing, escal- the walking yeah. escalator. Yeah. By the way, really tough, that's a really hard shot yeah. for sure. on the moving sidewalk. The moving sidewalk. Because you have to time moving past the people and you have yeah. to get to the yeah. end and exactly, so the time, and you gotta, you know, you're dollying back on a moving sidewalk. It's like, that's really hard. I mean, but All again, it made it such yeah. a great you know, as he kind of, he's like, he notices and he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll stop walking. I love what he pulls back. <laughs> yeah. And he right? just like because, backs up. Because, and then you see then that's what's so great about the film is once again, to me, it's so believable, the stages of life they're experiencing. Yeah. Being now older to walk, watch that and see, yes, I remember that stage. I remember the twenties and thirties and forties. They're completely different. And you're right. The way you would attack or the way you and the way he changes as a man billy does such a great job and so does obviously meg does as well such a great job evoking that era and how you would as a human as a man or as a woman react in that at that age to that thing that's happening when they run into each other in the bookstore billy is more relaxed yeah. he's lived through some shit he's seen he's divorcing wars. and he's divorcing right so well he's, and he's less sure of himself like right. yeah. that's, that's one of the exactly. big things because the billy we meet in the first two scenes he's the cocky yeah. Is, yeah he's super cocky, cocky he's youth. got explanations <laughs> for everything of course and then, and then the scene in the bookstore is like, oh, he's kind of broken now. Yeah, we're after we're post Mister Zero at this point. Please, well, you know? I think yeah. the other thing was I was going to say too is they the movie allowed all of the characters to change. Yes, yeah. Like usually you have the Carrie Fisher who just is that for the whole movie. Right. There's just the character that's like always sleeping with the married guy and blah blah. And this one, you know, she ends up marrying somebody and having the love of her life and it's a whole different person from the first the beginning of the film and they have four characters that do that yeah which is you know just unusual these days you don't get such depth allowed i don't think i don't think we take the time no no we really don't um or you take way too much time doing other crap that i could there's so much plot i mean it's like and and, and to see how they advance just the like the way Meg is with the guy whose name i just run out of my joe joe the way she's with joe at the airport is so sweetly romantic yeah. in a very youthful. Yeah. She sees this is princes and yeah. princesses sort of level of romance, and that is not the Sally that Harry marries. No, right. no, that she's a very different person. And there's a line Harry has which I love on the plane. It's a very small line, which he's talking about. Oh, I'm getting married, and he says she's a lawyer. She's keeping her name, <laughs> and. It's like that. That is a really strange line. Yeah. And what it is to me is he's actually not happy that she's keeping yes, her name. It's the compromise. He is. He's like, but he's trying to pull it off like right. he is happy yeah. about it. And right there is like, here's all this depth of his relationship with this other woman right. who we haven't met yet and only meet very briefly. And yet you get it all just from this one. She's a lawyer. She's keeping her name. Yeah. 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 That's not the swaggering kid that no. we met. He no. is changing. He's changing, yeah. His his ideas, his perception of women are being challenged because he likes he likes the these other stronger women that are gonna push back at him. 
And the, the, he is, and that's what I think is so interesting about his relationship with Bruno too. Bruno is where is where he can feel still kind of like a man, mm-hmm. and you see him in these other situations where he's constantly getting his knees cut out from under him, which humanizes him. And I think it's important because you introduce him as such a, such a cocky, arrogant guy who wants to cheat on his girlfriend with her friend, Amanda. Amanda, right? Amanda. Oh, and which is so great when Meg can't even remember <laughs> yeah. Amanda when don't she was be, like, you "Don't stay with me, Joe. <laughs> I can't even remember the name of someone who was so important to me that I wouldn't." Sleep with the, uh, whatever my best friend whatever yeah, but it's so because that's Meg changing too yeah. right because Meg, Meg didn't really like Amanda that much she probably was nope. doing it as a favor and I love when she honks the horn at the yeah. beginning when they're kissing, when they're kissing, kissing so and she's like brilliant. that's such a great window into Sally's character that well, she and has the women, so when the women have the lunch and you hear the women's oh, yeah. sides oh, yeah. of relationship stuff and yeah. you know then I don't remember if she's talking to when she's like, I, I just, with Joe, and she said, we just always said, no, we're not going to have kids. We want to leave mm. at a moment's notice and have sex on oh. the kitchen floor. And they're like, and it's, it's tile. It's very cold. Very cold. <laughs> <laughs> and well, it's like, that's exactly the kinds of things women talk about yeah. completely with each other. Well, and this is, this is the thing. It's occurred to me more as we're having this conversation that this is a kind of honest movie yes. that I don't know that we had before where people are just talking about the yeah. real deal of how we feel. I mean, just the, obviously the two big ones is guys want to get up and leave and faking orgasms. Right. Those are big ones, but the, all the other ones yeah. uh, that, that we're talking about, we're seeing so much insight into, cause mostly men and women, particularly cause that's why I think the world, I think this movie changes the world to some degree mm-hmm. Absolutely, because we talk about these things now in a way that we really didn't talk about these things no. before. Yeah. This women and men just the, we, yeah. well, I took, I think I said last time women use 2,500 more words a day than men. I'm just, not surprised. It's not. And I have a daughter now who is just never stops talking. Yeah. And I did not have, my son has not been that way. I've got to like bleed him for freaking anything. Mm. How are you? I'm good. It's so funny the the guy culture. Even you know today we've changed a lot. We, guy culture is just different yeah. from woman culture, and I'm always fascinated because why I love this movie is that's why I love talking to women because I love the other side of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a level of guys being able to get together with guys as Billy Crystal gets together with Bruno yeah. Kirby, where it's like we're good. Yeah. Because we don't dig into the deep yeah. stuff that much, and so there's not. I I know much more women who have much more conflict with their female friends. Oh yeah. Than I know guys who have conflict. Oh with their yeah. Girlfriends. Because yeah. what are you going to have conflict about? You don't talk about shit. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying, like, dude. You know, yeah. you get the feeling that it's women just talk to each other. There's much more of that than when you have the one guy friend that you talk about your sex yeah. life with. Right. You don't talk to every guy. No. I don't think. No. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I, I I talk to everybody about everything. Wow. So that's yeah. my problem. Well, that's why we have you on the podcast. Because <laughs> right. I that's never right. stop <laughs> talking. Um, um, I want to talk about the sad part of the movie. Because uh, it gets really sad. Yeah. Because you have this great friendship. And then yeah. they sleep together. Oh, yeah. And then, and then, and then it's, it's so bad. And she has to go get the Christmas tree by herself. It's, and, and he's calling he's calling her. and he, calling. He has to pay for what he did. Yeah. And she has to be strong to not give in because she has... Because she has to teach him how to love her. I don't want to be your consolation prize. What? She yeah. has wait, to wait, teach him on, how to on. love her. That's, my, uh, that's how I see it. So, so I want to I back up. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm a crime and punishment guy, though. What, so. what, what is he paying for? What he's, did he do? He's paying for sleeping with her and being insensitive, insensitive about it. Yeah. And he was. When he brought up, which, who's the dog in the... In, I'm the dog? 
I'm the dog. That's such a great back and forth between them. And that lets you into a win. I'm not saying it has to mean that. But why does it have to mean everything? Because it does, Harry. Because it does. And that's true. That's how she's... And he should have known the moment he decided to sleep with her, this is the kind of woman... That this is, I have twenty years of friendship with this says, woman. Because he says you're the one, you're the kind of woman who I have to cuddle, I have to stay, I have to right. stay. And that's the thing. And he then knew he what doesn't, he was doing. and he knows that she yeah. knows that yeah. he's lying about yeah. the squash game or whatever. Yes, and of course he has <laughs> to fucking game. pay. He has to understand yeah. that, like. I think you are correct that he has to pay, but I think there's something else going on, which is her trying to reconcile herself with her own feelings. You know, it's not just. That she has to make him pay enough, and then it, then she's going to be in a relationship with him. It's that she was deeply hurt, and I, you know we should back up to they're both people that were really hurt by their previous relationships. Yes. yes, you know, and and one of the things that's happening in the course of their budding friendship is that they have not dealt with the pain right. in their own ways. Like Harry's like sleeping around with people, but being really depressed, right. and Sally's being cheery and not breaking down and crying, and both of them are in a level of denial. Yeah, and and then they finally reached you know their climax which is when they sleep together and now they are faced with the potential for more hurt and i think sally is protecting herself you know she's feeling these things she does i obviously love him and then is going no we can't this can't happen you know? i don't think she's going no this can't happen i think that she was really happy they had sex she thought this is the next level yeah. Oh, yeah, and I then he too. does what he does yeah. and then she has to close down because yeah. If if he had not done that thing, if he hadn't said, you know, I'd really love for us to have uh, dinner together later <laughs> right. if you're available. I think she would have been like, now we're in a relationship, mm-hmm. now we're dating and it's all good. And instead he does his thing and that's when she's like, oh, no, no, that's not who I will be. Right. I won't be that person in his life. We're not just going to go back now to the buddy system. But I don't think she's just punishing him when it's not. She's. I not, don't mean punishing him. I yeah. mean saying, no, I will not be in that re- kind of relationship. Well, and I think she's really afraid of being hurt again. Well, she was. That's my point. She got hurt no, I, by I, him I, in that I, moment. No, I'm agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Jackass. <laughs> he was. He was. God. And, you know, of course you loved him and he left those messages and he's like, maybe you're trapped under, uh, you know, a, oh my God, this is whatever great. A heavy object or something, heavy object <laughs> and you can't get to the phone and you, you, you do feel for him, but he also is really stupid. Yeah. And she, ha- he has to come to her. On her terms, because he's the one that made the mistake of sleeping with her and not being responsible about well, it. Well, and that's my point. in a moment of tremendous vulnerability. Yeah. Right. He took advantage of her. And he, was, he, he was a smarter man, a, a more, uh, I would say, a more emotionally educated man says, stops that moment. Yeah. Or sleeps with her and understands what he's doing. That and it lets has her, changed. And, yes. And lets yeah. her no, lead he, the situation at that point. He has a clear freak out. Uh, that's yes, hugely destructive. Yeah. Um, and I think he earns his uh, way back. I do the, too. The, 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 the run, the run yeah. on New Year's. Oh man. That's like, so I don't think we can, uh, there's, I think that hovers over us in all romantic things to me. Like that right. run through the night is that's, that's it. With yeah. one of the best versions of it had to be you by yeah. Sinatra on yeah. older Sinatra. It's not Sinatra. Yes, it is. No, in, it's in that sequence, Jr. No, no, no. In that sequence, that is Sinatra. When he's running, it's old Sinatra from the I 19- don't know. And I'll play it for you if you want. I have it. 
in you the, you it, have the movie, the version. The I mo- have Sinatra's version, yeah. No, absolutely. I know his version, but I don't yeah. remember Sinatra because it, Harry Connick sings it uh, that is on the soundtrack. This is the moment that you put in the scene from the movie. Yeah, so, right. Sinatra so, starts. So we won't find it now, but we will, right. I will edit it and I will find the scene. If you want to, if you want to look up the answer, I'm going right to listen while I look it up because that is crazy it is, talk. Listen, it, take a moment. Yeah. Take a moment. He all just right. wants to be right so much. We're going to pause. So we're going to pause for a moment, and when we come back, we're going to have the answer to this question. Turn it up, turn it up. <laughs> it had to be you. It had to be you. I wandered around and I finally found the somebody who. Are you still? All right, we are back in, uh, and we have the answer. <laughs> I was, and this doesn't happen often. Wrong. <laughs> My mom introduced me to Sinatra when I was fourteen years old, and literally, it's been, a, it's been a, yeah, it's like been you a, met the man. No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> He had Who come knows? through. I think he had come through in a concert, and my mom had said to me how much she loves Sinatra. And then I watched a, a PBS concert of him, and from that point forward, I became the greatest, hugest Sinatra fan on the planet. Wow! And so when it plays in the movie, it's always one of my yeah. favorite moments to find. Just like Love at the end moment. of Ocean's Thirteen, when they play that Sinatra song at the end of Ocean's Thirteen, it's just perfect. When you hit the right <laughs> older Sinatra, it's. Uh, it's a it's a, a fucking Ruth Chris steak. It's just fantastic. That's it, a good steak. It is a good steak. It's, it's covered steak. with butter. That's right. Um, it, and it, you enjoy that steak. Oh, I would. Great Can we? We not? I can't believe we haven't talked about the game. Baby fish mouth. The party oh. scene. I mean, because again, that was another thing. That. I still oh, use yeah, that. Oh yeah, especially when we have game nights. Another brilliant way to watch them watch each other's dates. Yeah. And she's Emily. She's Miss Emily. Emily. Or, yeah. Whatever the <laughs> her reaction is. So That's great. Um, Rob Reiner's daughter. Oh wow! Yeah. That is uh, also so Gary Marshall's niece. So she's in all. She's in wow. like all the Gary Marshall movies too. She yeah. was that old enough to be. Wow. Well, and she's still fifteen years, twenty years younger than Billy Crystal is yes. in that scene. Yeah, she's um, like twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a really funny scene and great to watch. I mean, first of all, the scene is funny. Yeah. And and Baby Fishmouth is sweeping the nation <sighs> is something that. Uh, Karen and I say to each other all the time. Do we yeah. know if any of that was that's improvised? Improv. Yeah, yeah. Wow. that's definitely improv. The whole game is improv. Yeah. Interesting. Another interesting thing about the movie: in many of the original drafts, they did not get together. Wow! Really? Really? Yeah. I would have shot somebody. No doubt. In the head. I agree. And, and, oh, and, and this is a terrible. There's. Film. A, I, I 100% agree. And there's an interesting thing, and I I've never been able to figure out a way to talk about it well, but yeah. there. There is a kind of giving the audience what they want, which is wrong. And there is a kind where you must give the audience what they yeah. want. There are all sorts of versions, particularly in the 19th century, where they had Romeo and Juliet live, you know, because oh, they didn't want stage. to so they rewrite oh, the play whoa. because it's too much of a bummer for them to <laughs> right. die. And that's wrong because they yeah. because mm-hmm. that play, they're supposed to die. It, right. You don't get the lesson if they don't die. <laughs> but but in this case, if you have them not get together, you are betraying the audience. Yeah. Yes. And they found and they realized it, at, you know, as they were getting towards the shooting. It's like, oh, no, they have to be together. Are there well, that was, scenes? you know, no, no, they never okay. shot shoot it before. That was the same <sighs> with like Thelma and Louise. They were there was going to be not really? that they didn't die at that. Mm-hmm. They just get arrested. And, you know, there's something about that ending that was That's like has that to has be. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I as sad as it was, I couldn't 
imagine it being like, oh, now we envision them in jail for, yeah. you know, however many years. They have a per- it's, and there are other movies where I'm watching the movie. I go, you chickened out. Yeah. Mm. Like you, you, you went the easy like one of them that always occurs to me is uh, Clint Eastwood in the line of fire. Oh, yeah. I'm convinced that he was supposed to die. So I want to ask one last question. Can women, men and women be friends without yes. the sex part getting in the yes. way? I firmly believe that. Myself, personally, from my own personal experience, yes. No. <laughs> I, I, If I hadn't been married for as long as I've been married, if I had been single for as much time, I, I would have had so many sexual i would have slept with so many people laid waste to this group of friends because the rea- it's true because the reality is for women and maybe this is why for women sex is usually about loving somebody who they're you know who they are as a per- like they're funny mm. or their talent or whatever sure. and so when you become friends with somebody you love them there's some part of them mm. that you love and you know it's the saying women become attracted to the men they love men fall in love with the women they're attracted to i i say yes because for me the deepest friendships i have are with women i don't find attractive and would never want to sleep with and because i think i'm half i'm thinking 51 percent female 49 percent male i really do feel that way because i'm more sensitive more vulnerable than most guys i meet it's the most difficult thing i had to go through my entire life I, that's why I almost killed myself a couple of times when I was younger because I couldn't handle the civil war of the vulnerability, the desire to be vulnerable and sweeter and nicer, warring with this other part of myself that my dad tried to bring out the anger, the, the fight, the, the defense, Latin, the, the, yeah, the Latin stuff, yeah, the military stuff yeah. too. So for the until I got therapy, thanks to Sarah, one, one of my greatest friends, I, I didn't know how to figure that out. And so for me, but I've always had this. I've always been better friends with women I don't find attractive. The deepest friendships I have with women are the women I do not find attractive. Uh, because I can let all that go, yeah, and just relax and, and just yet, be myself. Sarah is one of the most beautiful women. She is. Absolutely, that's what's so crazy to oh, me. Listen, just and this is what's it. And, and aesthetically, they're beautiful women. Absolutely, you know, objectively, they're absolutely attractive, beautiful women. It's not a person. It's obviously just whatever for whatever yeah. the way I'm built. And so for me, that's why the film is so interesting to me because I've never experienced that yet. It's still. Such a you fantastic. Will. You and Sarah will experience it. <laughs> it. It's so funny. What was your description that women become? Women fall in love. Women become attracted to the men that they love. Yeah. Men fall in love with the women they're attracted to. Yeah. I'm totally a woman based on that description. Mm. Yeah. That's very much my experience. And my answer to this question is that, yes, men and women can be friends, but the sex thing is there. Absolutely. That, mm. that, that it's going to, it's there to some degree. It's going to be there. You're going to have that thought. It's going to go through your head. You're going to have, and, and, and cause I've had lots of women friends over my life mm-hmm. and navigating that. It's like, yeah, there's some attraction there. And you, you know, I mean, I've been married for a long time too, so you don't act on it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not that it's like, yeah, that's there. It's, it, it is a thing that doesn't like his description in the car of, so she can be, he can be friends with someone he doesn't find attractive. No, you pretty much want to nail them. Yeah, too. exactly. I, that's how I feel. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you pretty much want to nail them too. But I think that's also a 20 year old. And maybe sure. he's different. And if, that if, is true. There's yeah, a there's right. a different when you because, you know, being not a 20 year old yeah. person anymore, there is a whole different level of what even shows up yeah. when you meet people now. 
you know, when yeah. you meet a new person and that they're funny or whatever, it's just like, it's just a different, we're, we're kind of made differently. Kind of been th- and you've been through some stuff and as a guy, wars, as a guy, yeah. your testosterone is going down yeah. and down yes. and down after 40 and it's amazing how your brain all of a sudden shows up. It's like, oh, testosterone goes down. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know, you've had sex. It's like, you've yeah. had a lot of sex yeah. by this point and you know that it's great, but it's not, yeah. you know, going to change the world. I think when you're tr- in your twenties, you think something oh, yeah. different. Sex is like, whoa. Right. But in the case of Harry Met Sally, one sex does change the world. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's it. That that everything is different from that point forward. Right. Yeah. Because it's been building to it. Uh, Vicky, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, I wish this movie would be released again <laughs> yeah. in the theaters. I wish this was one of those movies you could go to in a movie theater again. Because I just the visuals and mm-hmm. it's just such a classic. I would love to see it in a big theater again. Um, great. Uh, John, your final thoughts. Uh, I would say. It is my absolute, one of my absolute favorite films ever. Um, and I always smile when it comes on. I always watch it. And it absolutely has to be considered a classic at this point. Yes, it's an 80s film, but I think it's a classic film. And in the same ways of what It Happened One Night is, you know, or Bringing Up Baby, it's a classic romantic comedy film. And it is, in my opinion, the greatest of them all. Bar none. And I don't think any film will ever come close to touching it. And if they ever try to remake it, I'll set fire to the studio. <laughs> They'll never, never capture the magic of this yeah. film. And I think that's what it is, Steve, for me. It's magic. Yeah. And it's a combination of all these actors and directors and producers and writers and collaborators at the pinnacle of their uh, talents coming together to create this very perfect, very honest, very vulnerable, and very one-of-a-kind romantic movie, as you said earlier, Steve. Yeah. It is not something you see in romantic comedies, the exploration and the decades-long progression mm-hmm. of a relationship to a romantic uh, ending. Yeah. I, 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 for me, this goes into what I think is a very small category of this might be a perfect movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of movies that I adore, but there's moments and you're like, oh, that didn't mm-hmm. quite hit and that's a little slow and this is – but I love the movie. Mm-hmm. There's not a false moment that I can think of in this movie. Mm-hmm. It never drops the ball. It, every line is great. Every moment is is hitting on all cylinders. Yep. It is so funny right. and so intelligent and so touching and so uh, lovingly made. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's and it is one where I could watch it. And then just start it again. Yeah. And yeah. watch it again. Absolutely. Because it's a joy. Uh, but we would love to hear what you think. So please uh, visit us on our Facebook page. It's The Cinephiles, The Cine-Files. Uh, you can uh, reach me on Twitter at SR Morris. John, where can they reach you? Uh, you can always find me at The Roca Says, T-H-E-R-O-C-H-A-S-A-Y-S. Um, you can see all the shows I host or co-host. Yeah, Vicky. Yeah. Uh, well, you can find me in my kitchen. But uh, besides that, I'm not cooking, mind you. Uh, You can go to my website, www.VictoriaGarciaKelleher.com. Oh, and where do you teach acting? I teach at Leslie Kahn and Company, which is a uh, Hollywood uh, acting studio that will change your life. So so, uh, if you want to become a great actor... Then you'll start it's with good, Leslie Kahn. It's a good place to start. And Vicky's classes. <laughs> um, and uh, as always, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. They really help us out. Tell your friends. And we will see you next time on The Cinephiles with another great film. Cinephiles. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.